1490 Sports Betting Radio now presents The Fix with Ryan Rothstein. Rothstein was a hell of a handicapper. I can tell you that. That's how winning is done. Now get out there and do it. Pulls up, three-pointer. Bang! One hour down, two more to go here on The Fix with Ryan Rothstein live from the Prop Swap Studios. What's happening, everyone? And the Boston Celtics. Stay alive. Still over five minutes to go. Six, ten and counting in the fourth quarter, but Boston with the commanding lead now. 107-91, Celtics lead by 16. As all signs point towards... A game six in the Eastern Conference Finals. I couldn't bet against Miami again. I couldn't do it. I did it once. I only did it one time, and it burned me, and Miami's just looked like the better team. Yeah, you say, well, Boston has been leading for the majority of the quarters, and they're deeper, and it's Miami. It just looks like that. It's their season. They're clicking. And Boston's a good team as well, all right? I'm not slighting them. It's going to be tough for Miami to close them out now after Boston showing up tonight and extending the series, but they still have to win two more in a row. We've seen it already, i.e. Denver Nuggets, as they're down 3-1, and the joke of the day on sports radio across the country, they have them just where they want them, the Denver Nuggets do. I don't believe that to be true, and I don't know how many people actually do believe that to be true, but We'll see. The bubble is somewhat of an equalizer as the travel and home and away and the crowd and all the other normal factors that go into trying to win a best-of-seven conference finals in the NBA playoffs aren't there this season, and we've seen the effect of that. It's been some great ball, man. So we'll keep you updated there. About five and a half to go. Marcus Smart's at the line. Boston up 13, and all signs point towards a game six in the Eastern Conference Finals. 609-601-3290, live in studio. Phone lines are open all the way up to 1 a.m. What's on your mind? What are you betting? What do you like? What don't you like this weekend? Live spread for the Miami-Boston game, plus 12 for the Heat, if you think they can cut into this lead a little bit. Total right now currently on DraftKings, 226. Money line for Miami, minus 177. Money line for Boston, plus 140. And the NBA is right back at it tomorrow night, 9 p.m., Saturday night. Denver. Odds makers are learning a little bit. Almost every game in this series has been between 6 and 7 in favor of the Lakers. And right now on DraftKings, the Lakers are a 5-point favorite heading into tomorrow night's game 5. Total for that game, 213.5. That's really where it's been every game this series. Money line, Denver plus 170, and the Lakers minus 210. Dwight Howard in the starting lineup for the Lakers. I think that's a nice little adjustment. He's been giving Jokic some problems. Can't really shut him down completely, but Dwight is big and strong, and he's found a role there in L.A. 20, 25 minutes off the bench. Now he's starting. He's still going to get those bench minutes. I don't think his minutes are going to go up drastically, but little adjustments. Those are the difference makers in these series, and the Lakers, Frank Vogel, said it after uh, game four. This is going to be the hardest game of the series to close these guys out up 3-1. This is where... Denver really turns it on, and they don't want to go away slightly. So that's going to be another good game in the NBA tomorrow night. Plenty of college football tomorrow as well with the news of the Pac-12 announcing they will play a season. Obviously, that doesn't start tomorrow. That's scheduled to get up and running in November, but good stuff there from the Pac-12, Mountain West as well. Alabama in action tomorrow, SEC in action we will uh, run through some of those games a little bit later in the show. But I want to highlight five games right now. Just five. 
in the NFL on Sunday that have my attention. And I've touched on these games a lot throughout the week, but Friday now, this is it, baby. This is it. Last show before the weekend. And I don't know, maybe I'm crazy, but I feel like there's a lot of opportunity in the NFL week three to win some money. And I'll start with the Patriots and the Raiders. I talked about the Raiders game, an emotional big win outright on Monday night to open up their new stadium in Vegas against Drew Brees and the Saints. And now on a short week, they have to go up against a New England Patriots team who is coming off a loss. And Bill Belichick, the mastermind, is as good as it gets in the history of the NFL coming up with a game plan to stop what the opposing offense would like to do. And the opposing offense, that being the Raiders, what they like to do is Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs mixed in with little Darren Waller, their tight end. That's the lifeblood of that Raiders offense. And the Patriots are going to stack the box. They're going to slow down Jacobs while also putting their best corner, Stephon Gilmore, on the tight end, Darren Waller, to try and slow him down. That's going to force Carr to look downfield to throw. First-round pick Henry uh, Henry Ruggs excuse me, ruled out. It's going to be a struggle for Carr and the Raiders coming off that win on a short week against the mastermind that is Bill Belichick. I think the Patriots win this game somewhat easily. They're favored by 5.5 points, minus 5.5. And, and just to be clear, I... I think highly of the Raiders. I think they're underrated. I think they're going to have a better season than most people expected them to have. I'm not saying they're a 12-win team, but I think they're going to be competitive in a lot of their games. I think they're in that 8-10 to win range, but I I don't see them winning against the Patriots, let alone covering the the plus 5.5. I think the Patriots win that game by 6-10 to points at least. So you look at that matchup, and that, that's one of my favorite games of NFL Week 3. One more game that I've talked a lot about, and then I'll get into all of the other games here on the other side, and I'll do a public betting update as well, what the public is doing, movement throughout the week. The Giants and the 49ers. The 49ers are decimated by injuries. Every single key player on the offense and defense for the San Francisco 49ers is expected to miss the game against the Giants on 1 p.m. on Sunday. And the Giants, listen, they're they're also going to be missing their guy, their everything. Saquon Barkley, season-ending ACL tear last week, and Sterling Shepard both out for the Giants. If both teams were healthy... I think it's a minus seven type of spread for the 49ers, but then you adjust due to all the injuries. So the idea of getting the Giants at home with the three and a half against a team that's rolling out a starting lineup that you would typically only see when the starters are resting in a week 17 matchup or in a preseason game, which we didn't have any of those this year. Love the Giants in that spot. The 49ers were very open about how they hate it playing on that field last week. Had to travel across the country. They had to stay in West Virginia to wait to play this Sunday at the Greenbrier. Now they have to go back on that field that decimated them with injuries last week. They have to do it again. Shorthand it. All signs, in my mind, point to a Giants potential win outright. And a very ugly, low-scoring game. And if you say, I'll give you three and a half for the Giants at home, going up against the team with all those injuries and all those factors coming into play for the 49ers, love the Giants plus three and a half. Lock it up. Boston Celtics, 112. Miami Heat, 98. Four minutes to play in the fourth quarter. Looks like we're going to have some more Eastern Conference Finals ball, y'all. 
entertaining to say the least in the NBA. And it's entertaining right here on The Fix, live in the Prop Swap Studios. Much more to come, taking you all the way up to 1 a.m. NFL Week 3, college. Oh, my. The second level. Whose last name would you take as your own if you had to pick one? Asman, Desiree, no, or Shander? It's not Asman. Ron Asman? Yeah. I think you'd have to go Tony, right? Ron Shander isn't terrible. Ron Shander sounds like a real estate agent. Ron Desiree or Ronnie D. Ronnie D is yeah. great. Tony D, Ronnie D. You guys are a couple of brothers out there. The second level with Aton Shander. Weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. Malamut and Associates is South Jersey's endorsed and preferred personal injury and workers' compensation firm, specializing in finding success during your greatest time of need. Managing partner Adam Malamut's history in South Jersey is heralded with recognition and awards, yet his approach to law is rather simple, to serve each and every client until justice has been served. Get connected with Adam at MalamutLaw.com and let the power of Malamut and Associates represent you when it matters most. Malamut and Associates, South Jersey. This is Joe Krause with this week's Financial Minute. One of the most important decisions you'll need to make when buying a home is choosing the length of your loan. Many banks and credit unions offer terms ranging from 10 to 30 years, with 15 and 30 being the most widely offered. Each of these options comes with its own set of pros and cons. Financial advisors agree that a 15-year mortgage is the best choice for those looking to maximize their savings over time by paying off the home and building equity faster. But since monthly payments on a shorter loan are higher, it can be more difficult to budget for them. On the other hand, a 30-year mortgage offers the convenience of lower monthly payments, which can help you if you're building your savings for emergencies and retirement while making payments. Need help finding the right mortgage option for you? Visit pfcu.com for more information. Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, not here for our profit, here for yours. Heard it work? Go right now to injuredworkers.com. When you're injured on the job, your family is injured as well. Turn to a firm of legal attorneys that can help, that care, and that you can count on. Go to InjuredWorkers.com from Malamut and Associates. Nobody plans to get injured. When it happens, you need InjuredWorkers.com. Get the help you need from InjuredWorkers.com. Go to InjuredWorkers.com right now. The secret is out about the award-winning Wycombe Public House. People travel from everywhere for their mouth-watering 10-ounce burgers and the area's best wings, nightly food specials, their turkey ball, and their homemade treats. Wycombe Public House is a craft beer paradise with 18 rotating drafts, including a weekly selection from acclaimed local brewery Tired Hands. So hop in the car and take a drive to Bucks County because when you arrive at the Wycombe Public House, you'll know that you're home. Before you play your next round of golf, meet Boston Scott Golf, where style meets performance. You know the feeling most of your golf shirts are too big, too tight, and don't look great. Get the classic style golf shirt with the modern feel and let pure feel take over the next time you play. BostonScottGolf.com. Boston Scott Golf. Feel good, play good, and enjoy a great round of golf. Visit now. BostonScottGolf.com. Use the code Harry and save 20%. AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio is South Jersey's home for my guys in the desert. Weekdays starting at 5. I'm Brent Musburger. Join me and the biggest names in sports and sports betting for the latest news and information on the games of the day. We'll deliver all the information that you need to wager and win at the sportsbook. That's my guys in the desert with me, Brent Musburger, right here on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Your home with a better network. South Jersey, welcome back. 11-15, Friday, football fix. That's how we do, baby. If you missed uh, the John McMullen interview, that's on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And NFL Week 3. A lot of opportunity, man. Week 2, favorites dominate it straight up. Can that continue? We have Mark in Ocean City, so let's see what Mark has to say. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for uh, letting me dial in here, uh, Ryan. 
a two-part uh, Boston question. Do you think the Celtics winning this game accelerates them to winning the series? And on the other part of the Boston question, do you think the uh, Patriots bounce back from that tough loss in Seattle and cover five and a half on Sunday against the Raiders? Mark, have you been listening? That's that's the real question. Which is a bad question. <laughs> no, I said that's the real question. I'm joking with you. Yes, I, I just said a couple minutes ago, I love the Patriots in this spot. Bill Belichick, historically coming off a loss against the spread, he's like an 82% win rate. And then even straight up, just outright, if you're taking the spread out of it, I'm never going to bet against Bill Belichick coming off a loss. And then you have the Raiders coming off that emotional opening uh, opening night, home night win against um, – against the Saints and Drew Brees, I just think all signs point to the Patriots not only covering that spread, but winning almost by double digits. So that's one of my five favorite games for NFL Week 3. I think Cam and Bill Belichick bounce back, take care of business, um, and do what they do best. As far as the Celtics, I'm a little surprised that they won tonight. I'm not shocked. Um, I've been on Miami for weeks now, and uh, that's a nice win. They're a good team, but I don't think they're capable of winning three times against Jimmy Buckets, Duncan Robinson, and the boys. Do you? Do you think Boston can win two more times against that team? No, I, no, I do not. I do not. I think tonight was a fluke. Um, that third quarter was out of control. So I don't. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. Do you think the David Andrews uh, injury could impact the Patriots at all? I mean, we saw what impact he had. The absence of him last year had. Do you think that'll have any impact on the Patriots going forward? No. No, I don't. Because, like I said, my answer, and this could be a lazy answer, and, uh, you know, Mark, I appreciate your call, but no, the Patriots, they always find a way to win. They always plug in a pizza delivery guy or an Uber driver to play whatever position they need him to play, and they just keep on rolling. And as long as Cam Newton's under center, Josh McDaniels, and this obviously isn't a slight against Tom Brady, he's the GOAT, but having a quarterback that you can get out of the pocket, you can do a lot of different things with. And Cam's arm looked really good, by the way, on top of his ability to extend plays, get out of the pocket, use his legs for first downs, whatever he needs to do. I don't think, at least for this game, that Andrews injury really impacts the Patriots to the point where they're not able to get the win. I mean, that's just the Patriots right now. I just don't see them losing two games in a row. The five-and-a-half number does seem a little bit low. I think the Raiders, as far as the public standpoint, that win against the Saints, the Saints are viewed in a very high light from a public standpoint. So you say, oh, the Raiders, they just took down Drew Brees and the Saints and the Patriots, they just, they're coming off a loss. I'm fine with it. I think the Patriots end up winning that game by double digits. So, no, that Andrews injury is not enough for me to get scared to bet that game. Appreciate the call, though, Mark. 609-601-3290. 609-601-3290. So the Patriots minus 5.5. The Jets plus uh, the Jets. I do like the Jets game, but the Giants plus 3.5 against the JV team and the 49ers. They have literally no one. Gave you the Atlantic pick uh, earlier in the show. The Tennessee Titans. Now, every show that I've listened to right here on AM 1490 today throughout the day, the VEASAN Network that have a lot of shows right here on AM 1490, everyone's saying they love the Tennessee game. And I've told you I love the Tennessee um, Titans minus two and a half all week. And now I've gotten to the point that's like, am, am I missing something? Because when everyone is that sold on one pick and one game, you know the opposite happens. Like, you know the Vikings are going to end up going in there, and Kirk Cousins, after looking like crap for two straight weeks, he's going to go in there and dominate and throw four touchdowns, and they're going to beat the Titans by double digits. After all signs point to Tannehill and Derrick Henry going in there and taking care of business. And I'm still giving you that Titans pick. I still love the Titans, that value, with that spread only at two and a half. The total in that game is interesting as well, because you look at that total... It opened up at 45.5, and and now it's moved all the way to 50 because it's been bet all the way up to 50. 
And a lot of experts, so-called experts, they still have that number at 45. And I'm not really sure why it's climbed up four and a half points. Other than 98% of the money has poured in on the over. A.J. Brown ruled out, which leaves the Titans without their top wide receiver for the second straight game. They should still be able to move the ball against this Vikings defense that can't stop a nosebleed. And I expect Derrick Henry to get fed probably about with 28 carries. An off game for Derrick Henry is like 24 touches. Carries, I should say, not touches. But both teams love to run the ball. The Titans last year ran the ball at the second highest rate in one possession games, while the Vikings ran the ball at the seventh highest rate. And this has spilled into 2020 with the Vikings now second and the Titans eighth. Considering the Titans are two and a half to three point favorites, this game should be close. It should be close, I think, for the majority of the game, but when it's all said and done, I can see the Titans pulling away, maybe getting a late touchdown. I don't know what I like more in this game. I don't know what the better bet is. Is it Tennessee minus two and a half or is it the under 50? Tennessee, when they're rolling and they're doing what they want to do, which is more than possible against this Vikings team, they control the clock, they run the ball, and they don't let the other team have it. So you're telling me the total is set at 50. I don't know where the points are coming from. I mentioned A.J. Brown, the wide receiver for the Titans. The top wide receiver is out. I don't think that's enough for the Titans to lose, but that just points to even more of a running type of game plan for Tennessee, which is what they do anyway. Kirk Cousins has looked horrible. That offense is so out of sync. And Tennessee with Vrabel, their defense is legit. I mean, there's no such thing as an 85 Bears type of defense right now in the NFL, but I like the Titans defense. I hate the Vikings defense. And the Vikings offense doesn't give me any confidence to bet them with any type of certainty that I can get any return on my investment. So it's at 50 now. Maybe it climbs up as high to 51 right before tip uh, kickoff. But I love the under in that Tennessee-Minnesota game, and I'll take the Titans. So that's four picks already for you. I like Tennessee. Love the Giants with the points. Love the Patriots coming off a loss. Bill Belichick doesn't lose two in a row. And on the other side, we're going to get into more. Cowboys, Seahawks, Seattle all day. That total is a little high. I'll give you my reasons why I may be leaning towards the under. Don't think the Cowboys win that game, but do I like them with the points? Keep it locked in right here. The Fix, live from the Prop Swap Studios on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Much more to come here on a Friday. Let's get it. Boston extends the series. Can they win two more? Nah, don't think so. We'll be right back, y'all. The second level. For the fake news, the third story, which is Jake Asman schooling you on a tweet I sent over the weekend. This is the result of that said tweet. I got to talk to the guy after you who tweeted out that a new name was going to be announced in 15 minutes. Did you see that Yeah, tweet? so I think Aton was making the joke basically being like, oh, we have a bad PR story. Well, let's announce a new name so no one's Thank talking you. about Darius. Well, that was a bad joke. It went over my head. Yeah, he fooled you. See, I'm on Aton's level there. He was doing a little, like, joking troll being like, oh, watch them put out their name now. No one will talk about Darius. Guys, we'll be talking about their new name. That was awesome. And thank you, Jake Asman. Look at that guy standing up for me, and he said even I'm on his level. Jake Asman is on the second level. I was trying to bring you up there with that joke on Friday. I can't believe, of all people, you took it literally. The second level with Aton Shander, weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. 
Finding the right lawyer for your legal issue can be a daunting task. Researching the internet, calling law firms, and trying to get a lawyer on the phone can all be a nightmare. And then you might not even find the right lawyer for your situation. My Lawyer Tree takes the hassle out of finding the right lawyer. Go to mylawyertree.com or call 1-833-LAW-TREE. That's mylawyertree.com or call 1-833-LAW-TREE and let them do the work for you. It's free, quick, and easy. My Lawyer Tree, when you need a good lawyer, now. I'm Joe Krause with your Home Improvement Minute, presented by Russell Roofing and Exteriors. Potential upcoming storms may leave you and your family with unexpected roof damage or property damage. Russell Roofing is here with emergency services and wants you to consider these suggestions. Things you can do from the ground. Look for cracked, damaged, or missing shingles, moss, loose nails, and uneven or indented shingles. Inspect your gutters and downspouts for dents and an accumulation of roof granules. And when you have a question, call Russell Roofing at 215-887-7800 for answers. Inside your home. Take notice to water spots on the ceilings in your attic. Look for water damage in particular rings around the nails on the ceiling and feel to make sure there is airflow. And most important, don't delay. Go to RussellRoofing.com. Two S's, two L's. That's RussellRoofing.com. I'm Joe Krause with your Home Improvement Minute. I'll see you at home. Heard it work? Go right now to InjuredWorkers.com. When you're injured on the job, your family is injured as well. Turn to a firm of legal attorneys that can help, that care, and that you can count on. Go to InjuredWorkers.com from Malamut and Associates. Nobody plans to get injured. When it happens, you need InjuredWorkers.com. Get the help you need from InjuredWorkers.com. Go to InjuredWorkers.com right now. Malamut and Associates is South Jersey's endorsed and preferred personal injury and workers' compensation firm, specializing in finding success during your greatest time of need. Managing partner Adam Malamut's history in South Jersey is heralded with recognition and awards, yet his approach to law is rather simple, to serve each and every client until justice has been served. Get connected with Adam at MalamutLaw.com and let the power of Malamut and Associates represent you when it matters most. Malamut and Associates, South Jersey. Jersey's best. Before you play your next round of golf, meet Boston Scott Golf, where style meets performance. You know the feeling most of your golf shirts are too big, too tight, and don't look great. Get the classic style golf shirt with the modern feel and let pure feel take over the next time you play. BostonScottGolf.com. Boston Scott Golf. Feel good, play good, and enjoy a great round of golf. Visit now. BostonScottGolf.com. Use the code Harry and save 20%. AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio is South Jersey's home for my guys in the desert. Weekdays starting at 5. I'm Brent Musburger. Join me and the biggest names in sports and sports betting for the latest news and information on the games of the day. We'll deliver all the information that you need to wager and win at the Sportsbook. That's my guys in the desert with me, Brent Musburger, right here on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Your home with a better network. All right, welcome back to The Fix, 11.30. Hour and a half down, an hour and a half to go. Live in the Prop Swap Studios, AM 1490, Sports Betting Radio. 609-601-3290, live in studio, South Jersey. Pick up the phone, give me a call. Boston, Celtics find a way to win. Can they get two more? We've seen it happen. We've seen it happen. Maybe Boston finally finds their stride. They found it already. That's the frustrating part, and that's the part that if and when Miami finally moves on, you're going to look back from the Boston lens and say you had an opportunity in those first couple games. You had big leads. You dominated early in quarters through two, through three quarters, but you weren't able to close, and that's just the heart of a champion from the Miami Heat. But now if you're Miami, this is where you just bubble basketball. This is nothing like we've experienced before. This is all new to everyone, players, media, and fans. And if you're Miami and I say, 
in the back of your head. If we drop the next one, game seven in the bubble, I mean, all bets are off. I'm still going with Miami. 3-1 lead. They've just made fewer mistakes. They look like the more complete team. I give Eric Spo and Jimmy Buckets the slight advantage, as I have been giving them. You look at, this is just a fun little sidebar here, the Denver Nuggets to win the Western Conference, to come out of the Western Conference and win three straight against the Lakers, what are those odds? Plus 1,600. Is that worth taking a flyer on? Not for me. Not for me. Lakers five-point favorites for that game tomorrow night. Total 213.5, plus 170 for Denver, minus 210 for the Lakers. I've talked a lot all week about the favorites dominating week two straight up. Can that repeat itself? I think for the most part, yes. There's a parlay I put together that I like and I'll share with you. The Arizona Cardinals, they've been my they, they've been my team. I love what I've seen from the Arizona Cardinals through the first two weeks of the season. Kyler Murray looks like he's matured and gotten really dangerous overnight. He showed, he showed flashes of it last year, but now with Hopkins leaving Houston and going to Arizona, that's a dangerous offense. I think Kingsbury is legit, and they're at home against a Detroit Lions team who's just a joke. Same story every single year for the Detroit Lions and Matthew Safford. So forget the spread in that game for a second, although I'll talk about that a little bit later. Give me Arizona with the money line all day, minus 240. Then you look at the Tampa Bay Bucks, the Tampa Bay Bucks, going to Denver, and Denver's dealing with a bunch of injuries themselves. There's been some talk before the season that Denver could be potentially a sleeper, and that was because of Drew Locke. Drew Locke ain't Tom Brady in his prime. Drew Locke ain't anything special, but he's a guy that he's not going to make mistakes. He can move the ball down the field. He commands the offense, yada, yada, yada. With him going down, I mean, come on. What chance do they have? The Bucks still have a lot of work to do. Gronk's been invisible. He joked today. He said, I'm a blocking tight end. I don't need to catch the ball. And they have a ton of weapons. Tom Brady compared Mike Evans to Randy Moss in his prime. But Tampa Bay needs to establish the run, and they're going to continue to try and do that. And then everything opens up for Brady and that offense. But I don't see Denver coming out of that game with a win. The Bucks are minus 235 right now on DraftKings money line. I'll throw that into a parlay with the Arizona Cardinals. The next game. Now, this one can be tough, and this is a tough one to predict. Dallas Cowboys at Seattle. Seattle coming off that win against New England. New England with a chance to win it late. That final play was still bizarre to me. I I don't know what Cam was doing. I don't know what that play call really was. He hesitated a little bit, fell short. The Seahawks, I love Russell Wilson to win NFL MVP this year. I talked about that earlier in the week and those odds, and he quickly has moved up on the odds list for that. But they're always in close games. Seattle, turn on any Seattle game over the past five years, and it's the fourth quarter, it's a three-point game, and Russell Wilson has the ball driving downfield against any team. So that spread, that's a tough one to pick. I don't hate Dallas with the points in that one, but I don't think Dallas, once again, Dallas overrated by the public from a betting standpoint, overrated by the odds makers, overrated by the media. Not sold on Dak, not sold on... Anything regarding that team. They're all Zeke. Mike McCarthy's in his first year. They still have a lot of things to prove, for me at least. So give me Seattle at home money line. Forget the spread. So now you have the Cardinals money line against a mess of a Lions team. You have the Bucks money line against a mess of a Denver team. You have a Seattle money line with who I think has the MVP under center in Russell Wilson. The Patriots, I've already talked a lot about them tonight, but I love them at home against the Raiders. Bill Belichick coming off a, uh, a loss. I don't know what else I need to say. So now you have the Patriots, Seahawks, Bucks, and Cardinals. And this last team has the best value. Buffalo, I think, once again, is a little bit under, uh, underrated. They're 2-0. The Rams coming off that win against the Eagles. 
It's in Buffalo. Josh Allen looks good. He finally has some legitimate weapons. Stephon Diggs. That makes their offense way more dynamic. It's interesting how the Bills and the Cardinals now are 4-0, and you have the Vikings and the Texans at 0-4. You get a, you get a decent, uh, pretty good quarterback, a legit weapon on the outside, and it's pretty amazing how much better they become overnight. And we're seeing that with the Bills. We're seeing that with the Texans. So that parlay, plus 750. Can I see the Rams beating Buffalo? Sure. I mean, it's the NFL. We, we don't know. Anything can happen any given Sunday. But I, I feel pretty good about that parlay going into it. Dallas, not betting on Dallas. That'd be a big win for Dallas in Seattle, and that would shut me up a little bit and prove me wrong on my thoughts on them. But outside of that, no way Denver wins, barring any major injuries in the middle of that game. Same with Arizona. Same with the Patriots. Although I like the Raiders this year, I don't think they have enough this week against the Patriots. What say you? 609-601-3290. 609-601-3290. Live in the Prop Swap Studios, taking you up to 1 a.m. Phone lines are open, yo. Phone lines are open. There's been a prop bet that I've been having a little too much fun with so far this year. It's player to score the first touchdown. And I say that just because I hit one in week one, so now I'm looking at it every week trying to cash in. (laughs) And I don't think it's (laughs) going to hit again for me. But I think there's some legitimate research that you can do with those bets. And listen, Tom Brady, I'm pretty sure it was week one, he ran it in for the first score of that Bucks game. And those odds were like 28 to 1. That's just a fun bet. Like, you look at the Eagles and the Bengals in that game. Miles Sanders, first touchdown of the game, plus 500. Zach Ertz, who I bet on in week one for the first touchdown of the game and hit, plus 1,300. I don't know. Do you like betting on those player props? I do. I like to have some fun with them. I mean, that's just more of like a roulette type of player prop. The other player props that I think are legitimate, and I talked a little bit about them with John McMullen. You look at the touchdown totals. You look at the receiving yard totals. Miles Sanders, he should have a big day against the Bengals. They got to go to him early and often, both out of the backfield as a catcher and just hand the ball off to him. Simplify the offense, figure out a way to get out of that game at the link with a win. Against a Bengals team and franchise that's been a mess, but they're... They're going to turn things around, not this season, but Joe Burrow's legit. He's the real deal, and he's going to give the Eagles some problems. But as far as the Eagles on the other side of the ball, I'll take Miles Sanders over 109.5 total yards. I can see him finishing with, you know, 80 to 90 on the ground and another 30, 40 catching. Djax plus eleven hundred for the first touchdown. He's been quiet, man, and he's gotten old quick. And I'm sort of sick of him, sick of relying on him. He's always hurt, and now the Eagles have to rely on Ortega Whiteside and Greg Ward in the passing game. So it's going to be easy for opposing defenses to key on him. Him being Djax, I don't know what type of day we can expect as Eagles fans from Jackson, but. And forget just from Jackson's point of view, but you look at Wentz, and he hasn't given us any reason to rely on him to make some big plays. In week one, he was just chucking it up like a madman. And he's looked frantic. He's forced a lot of throws. His footwork's off in the pocket. And you say, oh, well, the offensive line's been a mess. The offensive line is not that bad. Lane Johnson's back, and he dominated in week two. Nate Herbig has been a surprise. He's top 5, 10 in all those statistical categories for PFF. Jason Kelsey is still Jason Kelsey at center. So their their line's intact. Jason Peters, I understand he's 102, but he's still one of the top 10 guys at that position, if not top 5. So the excuses that are still being made for Carson Wentz, I'm sick of them. I'm sick of them. 
And I still feel like Doug Peterson has not figured out a game plan and the right playbook for Carson Wentz. The only success we see with Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson is when it's forced to be simplified and it's really dumbed down. Like the last four games of last season when the entire offense was hurt and they were forced to just really simplify that offense and Carson Wentz was able to have some success. Boston Scott stepped up. Greg Ward stepped up for a game or two. But now what? You have Jackson on the outside. You have Ertz, who's in a contract negotiation. He's unhappy. You have Dallas Goddard wanting more time, and he looks really good at tight end. How can Doug Peterson figure out a good blend of the running game and getting those weapons the ball? Just get them the ball. You don't have to chuck it 50 yards downfield. That's what they did week one, and they looked horrible doing it. Failed miserably. Six oh nine six oh one thirty two ninety. Live in the Prop Swap Studios all the way up until one AM. What are some other NFL week three matchups that you like? I'll give you a few more right here. The Bears and the Falcons are an interesting one, and I talked about that earlier. I'll still take Atlanta, man. Trubisky, no thank you. Not sold on him. Atlanta at home. Dan Quinn's been on the hot seat forever. Give me Atlanta with the field goal and a half. Three and a half, Atlanta at home. The only team with four different wide receivers that have already eclipsed the 100 receiving yard mark. And that's one of those 2-0 and versus 0-2 matchups where the 2-0 and team ain't as good as their record says they are, and the 0-2 and team, they aren't as bad as the record says they are. At the end of that game, I see Atlanta being 1-2, and Chicago 2-1. and the Houston Texans traveling to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh, I'll give him credit. Big Ben looks good. He's lost some weight. And Houston, they've gotten no favors from the schedule makers. When you have to open up on a Thursday against the defending Super Bowl champs, and then the following week you have to go against the defending NFL MVP and Lamar Jackson and that offense for the Baltimore Ravens is a nightmare for any team. The Texans aren't as bad as their 0-2 record says they are. And on the flip side, I don't think the Steelers are as good as their 2-0 record says they are. Yes, the Steelers have looked good with Big Ben returning. And Deshaun Watson, they're desperate for a win after losing those first two games against really good opponents. 0-2 start for any team is a disaster. But that's one of the toughest schedules you're going to see to open up a season. You might say it's a tough one to predict. It's a game you just maybe want to stay away from completely. You look at some notable betting trends, and you can take these for what they're worth. Some of these trends are ridiculous. Well, when it's 42 degrees, between 42 and 48 degrees on a Sunday, and between 1 and 3 p.m. Eastern... It's They're so specific. I don't know how people can like use these. But there are some things you have to incorporate into making these bets or not making them. The Steelers are 0-4 against the spread in their last four versus AFC teams. They're 1-5 against the spread in their last six as a favorite. The Texans, on the flip side, they're 8-1 against the spread in their last nine games following a double-digit loss. And they're 10-3 and three against the spread in their last 14 games following an against-the-spread loss. Texans are going to be desperate. They have Watson, who's a serious threat and can do some damage against any team. So you give me four? I love that number. I love the Texans plus four. Not only do I think they can cover, but I think they win that game outright. Who have the Steelers beaten? They've beaten the Giants and the Broncos. Two teams that are absolute dumpster fires right now. And on the flip side, I've already discussed it, the Texans have lost to arguably the two best teams in the NFL. I think the matchup favors Houston. Pittsburgh's defensive front is going to be neutralized a little bit by Watson. He's key plays alive. He extends plays. Roethlisberger doesn't have much zip on his throws the last two games. And the offensive line's really banged up. J.J. Watt's going to be all up in his grill. I think the Texans are the more desperate team, so I expect them to come out with their best effort, and I love them with the points, if not an outright win.
You look at the total. Now, depending where you look, I have him at 45. And listen, the over, I think, makes some sense in this spot. It's hard for it's really hard to predict the spread and the total for every game. But just to discuss it, it's 45 on DraftKings. As I mentioned, I think Watson's going to have some success. I think the Houston offense sets up well for this matchup. Texans are not going to be able to run the ball, so they're going to have to abandon the ground game a little bit early, which is going to turn it into a potential shootout. The Steelers have a lot of weapons. All right? I'm not overlooking them. They're going to have to be aggressive against a Houston defense that's given up at least 33 points in their first two games, but it's against the two best offenses in the NFL. I think it's going to be high scoring. And I'll take Houston with the points. That's one of my favorite bets early in the week three slate there. That's a 1 p.m. start Sunday. So just to recap, we're about halfway through the schedule as we're halfway through the show. Patriots at home against the Raiders. The Bills at home against the Rams. The Texans on the road with the points. The Giants at home with the points. The Titans on the road against Minnesota. Atlanta at home against Trubisky and the Bears. Fool's gold 2-0. Don't look too much into that record. Still have to give you my Eagles pick, and I'm going to wait till the end of the show for that. Other games we still have to cover. Jets and Colts. Panthers, Chargers, and the Jets are just 11.5-point dogs. We'll talk about that game. I've talked a little bit about it earlier in the week. An interesting matchup that I think is a little bit challenging to predict. You have the Green Bay Packers and the Saints. That's going to be a great 425 Eastern game. Dallas and Seattle, that's another late afternoon game, 425 Eastern. Going to get more into that. Then the Monday night game that everyone's waiting for to end NFL Week 3, you have the Chiefs and the Ravens, who I think are really the only two teams in the NFL that you can say with confidence, okay, they look really good. I know the Chiefs arguably should have lost against the Chargers last week against Herbert, who I think is the real deal. But good teams find ways to win. It's just, in, in the NFL, I don't look at... Style points. It's not college football. Well, this team beat that team, and then that team lost to that team, so therefore, it's not college football. In the NFL, once you move on from the previous week, that's it. And good teams find ways to win those type of games. On the road, traveling, out west, that's a good win by the Chiefs. And you have to give the rookie credit, man. Played well. Played really well. But wasn't enough. The end of the day it was not enough. 609-601-3290. Live in studio, taking you up till 1 a.m. You look at that Texan Steelers game, and just to give you an idea of what the public's doing right now. 60% of spread bets are on the Steelers. That makes me feel better about my Texans pick. The total, I talked about the total, how I'm leaning towards the over right now. It opened at 45, and it's still depending on where you look right around there. of the public have gone over. And then the money line, 65% on the Steelers. So that 0-2 record, by that average better from the public standpoint, they're all jumping on the Steelers at home. And I know it's Mike Tomlin and I know it's Big Ben, but give me Houston. That Tennessee Vikings game that I've talked a lot about opened up as a pick Now it's 2.5 to 3, depending on where you're looking. 77% 77% of the bets are on Tennessee. And that's I've already said that. That scares me. I'm like, what am I missing here? I don't get it. Everyone that you listen to or talk to is like, yeah, I like Tennessee too. <laughs> but maybe it's just one of those games where it's just that obvious and you don't have to overthink it. And that's the game where there was a lot of movement in the total. It opened up around 45, 45 and a half, and now it's at 49 and a half to 50, depending on where you're looking. And the public split. for the total are going under and 46% are going over. That's a game where I said, I'll take the under. 
between the Vikings' mess of an offense and the Titans and what they like to do best? This makes sense. The Bears and the Falcons, and I said I really like the Falcons in this spot at home, and the one thing that scares me now, 75% of the public agrees with me. They're taking the Falcons with the points. Then on the flip side, money line, 58% of the public is on the Chicago Bears. That one's a little bit tough, too, but I'm still, I'm good with my Atlanta pick. I'm good with it. And the Patriots, you look and see what the public's doing, who they're backing. 64% of the public's taking the Patriots with the spread. 64% of the public's taking the Patriots with the money line. That's another game that seems a little bit too easy. The Washington football team and the Browns. I'm so over the Browns and Baker Mayfield. He has more commercials than he does football wins. That that game opened up at uh, five and a half. It's now seven. I think Washington's a mess. They do have a very dangerous front four. Outside of that, I don't know what you can really rely on. 54% of the public's going Browns. 68% of the public's going over, which is 44 and a half now. 45 on DraftKings. And money line bets, 75% to the Browns. And I'll get a little bit more into that game later. A couple more here to wrap up the public. Bills, 45% of the public's on the Bills, 55% on the Rams. I like that because I like the Bills to win that game and cover at home. Now, that game, op- um, yeah, that game opened at three, and now at least on points bet, that's a one point spread, which makes me feel better about the Bills. If you say, okay, the Bills minus one at home against the Rams after being in the East Coast now for a couple weeks. Really like that. But on the other side, I want to get more into the Panthers and the Chargers. The Panthers almost a touchdown underdog against the Chargers. Seahawks, five-point favorites against Dallas. Cardinals, that game opened up at three-and-a-half at home against the Lions. It's now at five-and-a-half. What's the public doing there? What do I like? What are some betting trends? Packers-Saints, that's a... That game opened up at six and a half. Now it's at three at points bet. Then we have the Monday night matchup that I'm excited for, where you have the Ravens and the Chiefs. Ravens at home opened up at two and a half. Now it's at three and a half. And the total might be the highest total of the week at 55. And that's a game where the public's going to go heavy on the over, given the two teams and the quarterbacks. That's a game where I would take the under. I would just fade the public. I can see like a 24-21 final between the Chiefs and the Ravens. 65% of the public's going, no, I'm sorry, 83% of the public's going over. So that would make me feel better about the under pick. Two hours down, one to go here on The Fix, live in the Prop Swap Studios, taking up till 1 a.m. Eastern. It's a Friday football fix, baby.